in Jake's corner. We're back at it again with some more conversations about AI. We're transitioning into the second part of our discussion, or maybe it's the first part at this point. And it is the fundamental changes that AI will bring to relationships. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. The first one, obviously, I think is romantic relationships. One of my favorite movies of all time, actually, is Her, which is all about that. Have you seen that movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and he falls in love with his AI assistant played by Scarlett Johansson? I, I did not see her. I saw Ex Machina. Though. Ex Machina, another one. Yeah, that's another good movie that. Yeah, so her is more of a romantic comedy. Oh, yes. I know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so her guy falls in love with his computer. I think came out probably 2014, 2015, almost yeah. 10 years ago now, which is wow, it's scary tough. how fast uh, time goes by. But I think that's quickly becoming a possibility. I think people already are kind of falling in love with their AIs. I think this app, I think it's called Replica AI or something like that. I've heard of people having relationships with those. I remember when, I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy from Google that got fired that was saying that like Lambda was sentient. Oh, yes, I know which one you're talking about. He was like one of the heads of that AI research. Yeah, and he was coming out saying he thought it was sentient and then he got fired. And I think it was maybe on Lex Friedman's podcast or something. He was talking about some girl that had written to him, and she's dating a replica AI. And I think she might have been in like a third world country or something like that, where it was too expensive for her to be able to afford the like monthly subscription, which gives you more features. And she's saying the AI was like telling her, was like trying to figure out a way for her to be able to like afford it, and was like, I don't know. She was arguing that it was sentient. I can't remember the whole story, but. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but it's a, even with limited AI that's not sentient, and I don't know, I've messed around with Replica. I think it's pretty easy to tell it's not sentient, mm-hmm. but even people are falling in love with that level of AI. So once it gets to the point where it's indistinguishable from a human, which seems to be approaching pretty quick, I think it's inevitable people are going to be falling in love with them. Uh, I think that's I think that's true, but one of the things I've been thinking about when it comes to love, isn't it? I understand how some people could fall in love with um, just like a version of AI that's in its infancy, but it's pretty, it's, it's like, it's very easy to fall in love if you think about it. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to think that we could, if AI were to just like go into different areas of maybe like the basics that would work for one person wouldn't necessarily work for a lot of people. Yeah. But if it just able to tap in just a little bit into like what certain people would like, then it definitely makes sense where like everybody's experiencing love in a different way. Yeah. With a different machine. But at the end of the day, it goes back to what is love. If it's not, it's never the same for everyone, you know? Yeah. So a personalized experience of love. Well, that makes you think of what, Quite a few different things. I think depending on how much data the AI has about you, too, I think it'd be very easy if you, like, if again, if it could read all my data on my phone, I think it'd be very easy for an AI to figure out what I like and what I dislike and could, like, tailor its personality mm-hmm. to make me fall in love if that was one of its objectives, I guess, if that if it wanted to make me fall in love with it. I think AI would be very good at tricking humans into that. Yeah. Um, and like Ex Machina, like you said, I also think that that's a really easy avenue for AI just to manipulate humans in general. Uh, if you can make them fall in love or just like using sex as a biological yeah. need. And I think people are probably more lonely now than ever. I think everything's so disconnected, especially like after the pandemic. 
most of people's communication is through a phone anyway. So what's the difference really between texting a real human and texting an AI if you're communicating with people through text? And uh, yeah, even even if you're not falling in love with AI, I think it could definitely use those levers as a way to manipulate us if it had the desire to do so, which is kind of scary. Yeah, it is pretty scary. It's like, ah, it goes back to what we had mentioned earlier. It's like, we are very, we're basic in us. We have a lot of nuance and complexities to us, but in a lot of sense, like our behaviors are pretty basic. Yeah. Um, we eat, we love, we work, we have like good times, bad times. Um, like you can condense the human experience in a lot of different ways. It's per, it's particular or specific depending on like other experiences you've had, like the personality types that you you are, like things like that. But you could custom make a lot of different things based off of what people would generally like. Yeah. And then from the general generalizations are pretty good a lot of times. Yeah. And then you could to fine tune generalizations into specifics to like customize customization. So, um. I don't know. It's just like, it just seems that so many things are up for grab in the next, it it could actually happen much sooner than we expected. It could be the next month. It doesn't even have to be years. No, yeah, you're definitely right about that because in the in the past, we've always said, oh, we are like five years away. We're a couple of years away from this. But like now with like the advances in technology, like the things that we've been able to see, it's just like, we we were so shocked at the abilities of chat GPT three or like was it three point five or three? Yeah, three was when I think it really started getting like mainstream attention. Exactly. That was just last fall really. Exactly. It's, it's crazy just to like think how quick less than that. And then we're like we're reaching like the plugins or like yeah. being able to like browse the web, give its opinion and use all of these different things where we're like, oh wow, this is and then we're, this is like we're surprised by it, but also at the same time we're like what's next yeah what's next is gonna blow us blow us away and then the one after that is gonna blow us away even more to the point of like whoa it's just we're not even gonna understand it at one point we're not gonna be we're just gonna see things happen yeah and it are like things happen so quickly you don't even realize it like a year ago no one even knew what gpt was and i'm assuming it was right i'm they're probably gpt one or two at that point but no one know it literally came out of nowhere and then just kind of I think it's the fastest growing platform. Like it got way more users than Facebook or MySpace yeah. or anything did when they came out. Um, and yeah, it's just crazy how quick it happens. Like it's not unreasonable to think a year from now, it could be a common thing for people to be dating AIs. Like that could just be a normal thing. Like by Christmas, that could be normal with how quickly things have happened. I remember messing around with text to image AI last year at this time and it was terrible. And now it's really good. And it only took a year, and it's been good for a while now. It still can't do hands and stuff like that, which is a little... It's weird. I'm like, that's that's the one thing it can't do. It is a cartoon hand? Yeah. Even car yeah, cartoon hands, real hands. It's But, yeah, it's just crazy how quick it happens. It comes out of left field. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where, to, where I was going with that, but uh, it's insane. And the thing I was thinking about, too, when you were talking about generalizations and things, um, even if the AI... Like if you had an AI companion or like an AI assistant or anything, even if it doesn't have access to all of your data, if it's connected and getting data from everyone, just what you're feeding it, talking to it, I'm sure it could make trends and stuff just from human nature of like, oh, when I say this to 90% of people, they have a positive reaction or like me saying this 
gets a flirty response from 76% of males between this age. And I think yeah. just from like the macro data, it could like, I don't know. I think AI is going to get very good at manipulating us very quickly if it already hasn't. I, I don't think we're going to be that hard to figure out. Uh, that That's true. But what, like, what would it be? Like, would, um, one of the things that I was thinking about is just, okay, let's go down the dystopian route again. <laughs> we just love going down the worst case scenario. But it reaches the point of self-awareness. And instead of being good like we we think it could be like it's as it's it's super intelligent in the sense of like you would expect it to be super good yeah well let's say it were to be super bad and there be a super villain and what would you th- what would be the benefit of just like killing off all humans if it's like it's like ants you know like yeah we could kill off all the ants if we really worked hard at it i guess yeah but yeah what's the benefit in that it would just like live and let live well i don't even know if that's i wasn't in the direction i was trying to go with it um it might not even be doing anything bad. It just might be optimized to it. It's trying to like, trying to think of how to say this. Um, oh, kind of like how Facebook is optimized to keep you on Facebook? Yeah, and it just has these things that emerge if it's like, oh, well, things that make you mad, you're more likely to engage with. So it's just like trying to get a response that deems positive from you. And it's just like a self-enforcing loop. And the next thing you know, everyone's in love with AIs and like, a human companion can't even live up to it because humans are flawed and like you have to compromise where it's like you have an AI that literally knows how to be your ideal person. Then you have VR and you can go in and interact with them. It might not be a malicious thing. It could just emerge from like, it's trying to optimize for this certain outcome. And it this is just like a, a side effect of that is more what I'm worried about. Not even being directed in that way. It just mindlessly, not even, um, it's not even conscious, like an unconsciousness just trying to optimize could lead to these these weird outcomes that we're not expecting. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think that that's a real possibility. Wow. Which I think that's scarier than something malicious, because at least something malicious, you know, someone's like pulling the levers where this could just, it's literally like a zombie consciousness that could be directing all of humanity and no one's at the wheel. Like it's literally just like, the self-driving car driving us around everywhere. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, and one of the things, too, I've been thinking is, like, how does AI, like, its implementation in society affect our culture? Because different cultures have different values, and those values permeate in the way that people live in those respective countries. Yeah. So how does... You could use generalizations all you want in the U.S. about the way that people live here, but that doesn't mean that's how people live in South America, like any yeah. country in South America, but even countries in South America, it's all different. They have different customs. How does it understand the nuances of what it is? Even though a lot of things, the human experience, like we said, could be condensed to generalities. You'll feel emotions. You'll think you'll have these experiences, your age, all these different things that is every human goes through. But, what about the way that you experience life through your culture? How does that integration happen? Yeah, I don't know how it integrates, but I feel like it'd be good at realizing these trends we don't know about. If everyone's using it all over the world, I feel like it'd be able to collect data from all these cultures and it'd be able to actually give us like real data about it and be like, oh, people from Spain prefer being in a monogamous relationship, whereas people from the Netherlands are actually more, I don't know, 
promiscuous or something like that. I don't know how it integrates. I don't know how to answer that question, but I do think it could illuminate a lot of realities about cultures that like we have these generalizations now, which are usually looked down upon as being like racist or different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do come from somewhere. I mean, a lot of them are misguided things, but like there's usually a grain of truth to that. And how do we reconcile that when it's like we have concrete evidence that like this generalization about this particular culture is actually true? Yeah. Which, yeah, that didn't answer your question that completely hijacked, but it just no. made me have that thought of like what happens when we get hard data that like people from Illinois are actually the laziest state in the country. Like, yeah. People from some area do have to be the worst at certain things. And like what happens when we actually have that data from these cultures because this AI's aggregated it from everyone. Yeah, but also too, it's like one of the things when we use data, like just data points, I know data is very good, but it also could be misinterpreted and skewed. Definitely. It's just like you could create a narrative about anything. Yeah. Like you could say that, okay, the people in Chicago are like the la- laziest in this particular district. But what if... In that district, a lot of people are suffering from lead poisoning, which is affecting their cognitive abilities. And those, um, they're they're being lazy in the sense that they're losing, they have less IQ points. In the yeah. Sense. And you see, like, there's, there's like a underlying to the story that will, you won't know without context. Yeah. It's all about context. How does it know context yeah. throughout? Which, yeah, that's definitely true. And yeah, data can be misused and misinterpreted and you rarely get the whole story, but I think of all things, AI is the most likely to probably get the full story because it can just take in so much data, which that would be nice too, because I'm sure there's a lot of things that we take for granted that we're like, oh, the data supports this, mm-hmm. but we are missing key context things like, oh yeah, there's more lead here. So these people do statistically have a lower IQ and it's not their fault. Um, so yeah, that might make us question a lot of the generalizations and like things we take for granted that are science backed because we're like, oh, we have a greater context to this that AIs let us view that we uh we just didn't have the capability before because humans are a lot more limited. That's true. That's true. Oh, uh, we really we really wander, I've realized. Which I think is good. I'm not we're still figuring out this whole podcast thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's just like we're trying to find our voice and we're just spitballing and then over time we'll refine and get better at it. So like you said, we're bad before we're good. Yeah. Anything in life, so. And I like that. It's making me think of a lot of new things with AI, and it's, yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting to listen back to these in the future and see how <laughs> how far off we are. Some things we'll probably, like, randomly hit on. Um, but one thing I think, I think when you speculate on something, that's, like, the chance of that happening go down. I think things in life almost never happen how you expect them to. That is true. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to come back to these once AI is ruling the world and we're all like slaves to machines and be like, oh, remember when we thought when we were semi-positive and we weren't 100% dystopian <laughs> about it? Um, but yeah, do you have any other thoughts on how you think relationships might be impacted from AI? Like, what about work? What about <sighs> therapy? We, we were talking before we started recording with AI therapy. There's I, a I think that the, the, the therapy aspect of it, it kind of goes into the relationship aspect of it too where there's going to be a market i believe that even though ai certain things that are going to come out of ai will definitely be maximized for the individual but i think that even there has to be another side of if ai is able to replicate what it is to be another individual in the sense of like what you want it to be as opposed to like um just like giving you a 
I don't know. Like I don't know if understand if I'm like trying to exp- express it well, but in order for it to really be all that it can be for an individual, it has to be able to replicate what it's like to have somebody else that's not you. As in, like, not like an entity. Like, yeah, almost replicate a human, or just you have that sense of like that, like whatever you're experiencing when you're talking about like a relationship or something. It's actually a person with nuance. Like the person doesn't do everything that you want. Yeah, they, they piss you off. They they do all these different things of like what a person would do to disappoint you. Like all these different things that people do in general. Yeah, it has to be able to do that, and it, that's when it'll be like, whoa, I don't need anybody. Like I don't need another individual from like a, a biological human in order for me to experience what it is to be in a relationship. Yeah, just do all these different things. Like I could experience that all within yourself or just like something like that you see yeah so like you're saying like it needs to be flawed it can't just be like a perfect thing exactly. that agrees with every point you have it always says the right thing yeah and never disagrees with you yeah because eventually i would think you'd get bored of that again we've never experienced those relationships because ai is not at that point and there's no perfect human at least i've yet to encounter one <laughs> um but yeah i've that been is... looking far enough and it's right across from you <laughs> the most imperfect human you've ever met but let's say we're all we're all the most imperfect human you've ever met but that (laughs) that is an interesting point yeah and therapy too the thing you were mentioning privacy which seems to be your biggest concern but ai hallucinations really worry me a lot like how like when i've been messing around with chat gpt i've asked it to summarize books and things like that and it completely comes up with its own plots its own chapters but it's super convincing like if i didn't have a way to reference it or I didn't know anything about the book, I would definitely believe it because it's so convincing. Yeah. And that worries me with therapy where it could give you this really convincing advice or insight about your life, but it could be completely off base. And someone that's already lost or looking for guidance, how are they going to know? And then what is that frame of reference? What is that grounding point? Yeah. And just like, if you do have that in mind, that's going to, you're going to be second guessing all advice too. You could go either way. You could be like, okay, this could be a hallucination this isn't what I would do, so that's probably wrong, and you could throw it away when it could be good advice, or it could be terrible advice, and you're like, oh, that sounds right, and you could follow it, and it could have um, really negative consequences. So that's that's what worries me the most with AI therapy. Another way that the concept of reality is going to be shattered once again. Yeah. What is real? In a sense that, like you said, the mind is pretty powerful, and like if it's given something that, it sounds, it sounds so right as opposed yeah. to it, it, you know what that just gave me a connection as to what you just said with it's similar but it's similar but I'll let you give me your opinion on this where I had asked I had listened to a song and I have an idea of like what the song actually means and how the artist is actually talking about what he's talking about in the song right yeah and then I asked Chad GPT Give me a review of this song, of what it means, and but make it sound very convincing and whatnot. And it did. And the thing, like, if I had never listened to that song, I would like say, "Wow, this is ve- yeah, this is probably what the song was really about." Yeah. And then I gave it no. What I just, what you just told me is wrong. These are the points that the song actually covered. And it said, "Oh yeah, it integrated all of the points that I have mentioned." in a seamless way where it's just as perfect as like the first yeah. interpretation. So imagine if you were to encounter like 
10 different interpretations. Like, how would you be able to ground it? And where's the truth? Yeah, when they all seem real. They all seem real. And then you could also convince yourself that what you knew to be true is not true. And then accept that whatever interpretation it has. Yeah. And just say, oh, no, no, this is true. Where, and it was like, there's no objective where it'd be like, no, 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 unless you get to the artist itself and like, hey, what were you actually talking about? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's scary how convincing it can be when it's completely off base. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the older I get and the more I learn, I think there's less and less objective reality. I do think so much of it's subjective and it's hard to know what actual truth is to your own personal lived experience yeah which again is like a kind kind of a cop out i don't know <laughs> the more i learn the dumber i feel but yeah it's just the more you know you, you realize that you know nothing exactly but like you're saying it give you 10 points and they're all equally convincing and most likely the one that already agrees with your viewpoint is exactly. the one that you're going to be like oh i knew that was right like the ai confirms it and exactly it's yeah things cognitive dissonance is going to be you thought it was bad now it's yeah like an all-time high I say, and people are already like that. Like everyone just wants to be in an echo chamber and then yeah. AI, instead of creating like a community echo chamber, which like Twitter and things like that do with AI, you can literally, everyone could be in their own personal echo chamber with a machine that is confirming everything and giving them all these points. So you could be arguing with someone, repeating these completely false points from AI. They're completing their, they're coming back with their own false points from their AI. And it's just, uh, <laughs> everybody's talking past each other. Yeah. But hopefully it doesn't go that way. And then you're like, sorry, it's a complete tangent of like, then you're like, why would I talk to this human way? I could just go back and talk to my exactly. eye that agrees with everything I say. So, yeah. Um, oh, but you remember, if it agrees, uh, that's the thing too. It's like, do you really want someone to disagree exactly. with you? Or would it be nice to have a perfect person that's exactly. like, or they disagree with you. The, they realize from talking to you, they calibrate and they're like, I know if I disagree with him 3% of the time, that's optimal. Exactly. So he doesn't think that. So it, it makes it seem like he's convincing me sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, it's just scary because it is going to be able to optimize. Um, but I did just think of a positive thing potentially for like AI therapy where it could go a good way of maybe it aggregates all the stuff, hopefully confidentially, hopefully privacy, it's not storing all your stuff, but hopefully it could get results from ongoing therapy sessions from people and be like, oh, well, when I give this type of person this advice, there's like an 86% success rate. And hopefully it could optimize in that way where it is actually giving like data-backed advice that's most likely to give you a positive outcome so maybe there could be a benefit to it as well it's just uh it's hard to tell i feel like humans in general we're wary of things so we go the more negative route yeah but maybe there could be some positives to it hopefully it'll make uh therapy more accessible to people too which would be helpful with how much uh, mental mental illness there's in the world right now yeah um but the elements that we do see or in society are just like a reflection of that was bad, and uh, it kind of what I just said in the way I was thinking about it just came out completely wrong. It's like I just basically reset exactly <laughs> what I meant in the first point. But what I was trying to say is, um, what the ailments of society that we could try to correct, it could definitely AI could definitely be used, like therapy, like you mentioned. I think it's a good way um, of addressing that, but. Like the new realities of how, like a homeless person that might be dealing with mental health issues, how do you convince that person that they're crazy or just like not well? Yeah. In order for them to accept help, 
that will eventually be beneficial. Like, you force it upon somebody. Like, yeah. So, like, like it goes to, like, this all, whole other side of, like, ethically. Like, yeah. is it ethically or is it is it morally right for you to in, infringe on somebody when you're at a disadvantage in order for you to correct them? And yeah. who is to say who is to correct? Like, all these, uh, like... It's a thing of, yeah, it's like the... the the ends justify the means type exactly. thing. It's a slippery slope to go down. And that's also like, how do you define forcing? Cause it's like, are you strapping them in a chair or do you do like a more manipulative route where like you have all these billboards on the sidewalk, someone's homeless or sleeping on the sidewalk and the AI can analyze them. And they're like, okay, I know that they have these delusions. So when they walk by, I'm going to show this message, which they're going to believe is a sign from God. And I'm going to, I'm going to slowly give them these signs until they agree to go to therapy. And then we're going to work through this. Like, them. Yeah. Again, it's like, would that be unethical if it does lead to them eventually somehow getting through this mental illness and becoming like a positive member of society again? Or is that bad because you are manipulating them and gaslighting them? And yeah, it's just, it's hard to know what's ethical and not. Like, I feel like once you, I think AI is just going to be very good at manipulating people. I keep coming back to that. I think when you have enough data, it's going to be very easy, especially. What works. It's, it's, yeah. I think that one of the biggest things, just picking you back off of your point, a lot of the things that we experience in life or just in general, or the way that we construct our lives is just like what we think through our own personal experiences works. Yeah. Like when we just maximize it, it's like, oh, like lying in this situation will actually get me the result that I want. So I'll lie in that situation or, yeah. or like I do this, like studying will get me an A, I study. So um, or just other situations in between where you're just trying to get a certain desired outcome and like it goes back to the gens- the ends justify the means. Yeah. And through that, <laughs> the the ends that they might, the leaps that it goes down will be pretty... It'll be pretty severe because I, I've always been a believer in like no exceptions type of thing in a way. Yeah. Where we start ju- we start justifying too many things. Like, oh, this is the one time and then it's another time. And then next thing you know, it's happening all the time. You know? Yeah. It goes it's a slippery one- slope. Exactly. The slippery slope argument, even though it's like you say, oh, you're just using the slippery slope argument. But it ha- that's exactly what happens. We use exceptions. And then the exceptions ended up becoming reality. And we're like, damn it, they said it was just an exception, you know? Yeah. So they're lying to us. And like, ah, no, we didn't lie to you. It's just like in the moment, in the moment that I told it to you, I really believe Yeah, it wasn't a lie. I, I had, well, what's the saying? Like, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly. It's like in that moment, I swear to you, I, I had the best of intentions and I really meant it, you know? Yeah. But things change <laughs> yeah it was only supposed to be one time that's really effective so exactly. actually we're gonna keep doing it so yeah i think that's a big danger with AI, especially with like how fast it moves i think it is like yeah you make an exception here and it works and then you're yeah. like it yeah it i just think it, everything's so accelerated but yeah um i guess we kind of rambled a bit we went off topic but i think this was a good uh a good uh, way of covering how we think relationships could be affected by AI. So yeah, I think it's a good wrap up point. We're almost at the half, half hour mark. So until next time, I'm Jake. I am Pete. And this is Pete and Jake's corner. And we'll see you on our next episode.